Michael Mawale for the win. Alike Okunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards one man. championship medal. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women's singles champion, Serena Williams. Large. Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All In, a women's sports podcast right here at WFUV Sports. I'm Taylor Massetta, and I am joined by the lovely Maddie Bamante and Sam Borg. Well, it's just the second day of March, and you know what that means. March Madness is just around the corner. Conference play is already underway, and we have got so much to talk about on NCAA Women's Basketball, including some news from our very own Fordham Rams. But before we get started, Maddie, Sam, how are you two doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? I love the introduction, Taylor. Thank you for saying that I'm so lovely to join with you today because it, I, it is lovely. Me and Sam are so glad to join you today. Um, it has been, you know, a busy week. We're doing midterms. There's a lot going on. Spring break is right around the corner. And like you said, March Madness about to be in full swing. I am like going to lose my mind trying to do a bracket this year, but I will do my best. I will put my best foot forward. I can't wait to do it. But yeah, I'm super excited to talk about everything because like you mentioned, our own Fordham Rams, we all went to that game. We saw the the events of what occurred, and I'm so excited to talk about it because I had the most fun going with you guys, and I can't wait to do it again, hopefully soon. You you said it, sister. Um, I'm doing I'm doing all right today. I am so excited. I will be heading to Madison Square Garden shortly after this for a very quick flip of topics where I will be going to go see Patrick Kane make his Rangers debut, which is actually really freaking fun. Um, and I always love being on All In, especially with you two lovely ladies. And yeah, being able to talk about March Madness and conference play and NCAA like women's tournaments coming up is just my favorite thing because we love college basketball, and especially now going to that is becoming a basketball school dare i say it there have just been so many exciting games recently and you both mentioned it already that in a dwarf buzzer beater at the end of that game um versus rhode island i believe and it was ridiculous so i can't wait to talk all about that and more today with you two well that segues perfectly into our first topic and i just have to say i don't know if it was just me but did last week also seem to be the week of the buzzer beater I mean, I think we have Anna DeWolf to thank for that because Fordham started off all that craziness last week in a moment that we all witnessed, as we were saying beforehand. Fordham Rams knocked down URI in overtime thanks to this insane three-pointer from Anna DeWolf. We were all there. I almost died. Like, we all jumped off the bleachers, like, screaming our heads off. Like, it was, like, probably the craziest finish to a game I have ever seen. Guys, what were your first thoughts on that insane three-pointer? It was it was absolutely incredible. I remember all of us that were there at the game looking at each other like when the last two free throws were taken prior to the shot. And we were just like, we're losing this game. There's no shot that we win this at this point. And then to immediately just witness what we witnessed was 
crazy. It's like every fan's dream to see something like that, like to be a part of that moment. And watching that entire game, Fordham was good, but they were having a lot of problems on offense and getting the ball like rebounded and, and, you know, recovering from those turnovers and everything like that. And Anna wasn't shooting her best game. Like she was only four for 21 um, from the field during that game. And, And that shot was her kind of like almost like a wake up call for everybody and and for her. And it was crazy to watch and it was enjoyable. And it was, like I said, everything you could want and ask for as a fan for college basketball. I absolutely agree. I mean, I haven't gotten to go to that many games this year as a fan and especially as a senior being able to be there and see what might be some of those players, you know, their, their last home game at Fordham, um, at least for the time being, because a lot of them are grad students or graduating seniors and they don't know if they're going to be back, et cetera. It was so exciting. And that Anna Dolph buzzer beater was genuinely just something else. I mean, like Maddie said, when we all looked at each other, we were like, this is it. This is a really sad ending to the season. And then as soon as she hit that shot and we all just grabbed hands and jumped off the bleachers, that was so exciting. And frankly, exactly what those women deserve. You know, she deserved to have that reaction. They all did because we see that happening at the men's games, but that women's game was just a picture perfect ending. You know, they deserve to be on sports center, ESPNW, everything that they were. And it was was amazing to see those players get that recognition especially because like you said Maddie you know that game was so back and forth and there were so many points where we were so unsure but you know we saw Caitlin Downey step up we saw Sarah Carpell step up we saw of course Jada DePaw and Asia Dingle going hard in the paint and so it was really exciting to see that outcome after such an exciting game. Yeah, and I think we got we got to give credit to Tapa because without her, this buzzer beater wouldn't have ever happened. She tied the game up with a layup within the final seconds of the fourth quarter, scored a season-high 17 points during that game, by the way. So she really came and saved the day with that one. But it was just, like, one of the most incredible atmospheres, honestly. Like, just, like, just even when it was just our group in the front row, there is the funniest pick screenshot of all of us, like, standing, like, dur- it was at the end of the fourth quarter, I'm literally screaming at the hoop for some reason. Maddie's just like staring off like like we were just like locked in on this game. And I remember when the buzzer beater happened. I remember after I was like kind of like hitting myself like, oh, I didn't record it. Like I wish I did. But we were all of us were just so locked in on what was going on in the court. And we all got to experience that and like just like jump for joy. It was like just so like it's so exciting to see the Fortnum Rams doing so well, like on the men's and the women's side. Like we are a basketball school and that I'm very proud to be able to say that. Yeah. And one of the other huge things was like, that was a huge game for Fordham as a whole, because Rhode Island um, was like 22 and five, 13 and two in the Atlantic 10, I believe one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Atlantic 10. And for Fordham to come in after having kind of a rocky patch, because they were just not winning games at home, they dropped their senior day at home, um, which was very unfortunate they came back with a passion against Rhode Island. And we saw it out there. They left it all on the court and they they were able to hold to it because in that fourth quarter, they really lacked in play. They only scored nine points in the fourth quarter for the Rams and Rhode Island outscored them by 19. So that that to me was just great and all, an all together effort from DePaul, like we said, DeWolf there. And, and like you mentioned, so many other talented players on that team that really don't get the recognition they deserve. And, you know, shout out to WFEV doing the women's basketball um, 
highlights on them that just came out the other day where you can really sit down and, and get to know the team a little bit better because there's so many talented women on this team that are now going to have a new path ahead of them. And I'm very excited to see what they do. I think so many of them are talented and, and interesting and funny, and it's going to be great to see whatever they do. But this year, Fordham, watching that game has really made me a Fordham women basketball fan, which is something that I feel like not a lot of people can say and not a lot of people have an interest in. But seeing the turnout like from families and from their friends coming out to the games, it means a lot to them. And it would mean a lot more for more people to show out next season um, because of just all the hard work they put in. So there's not much more I can say other than you guys should really invest in Fordham Moons basketball next year. So true. So freaking true. And, you know, it was such a privilege to be able to do some of those women's basketball interviews that you just mentioned, Maddie, with uh, Julia Moss and Lou Orlando. And, you know, talking to these players like they are such special, special people and hearing the way that they've grown and the way that they've seen this program change over four years has been incredible. And now, you know, a lot of those players who are grad students like. Meg Jonathan, like Caitlin Downey, you know, when they first came in as freshmen, they made an NCAA tournament bid. Like they they made it to the tournament. Um, they won the A-10s and then they made it to the NCAA tournament. And they have the chance to do it again this year with the double bye. And I think that that is really exciting for them that they could repeat history and go full circle. Yeah, super excited to see how the ladies do in the A-10 conference championships, which are happening all this week. But I think we got to talk about Another buzzer beater that went viral last week. I mean, by the way, we saw Anna DeWolf all over ESPN Sports Center. It was really, really cool seeing Fordham on that big of a stage. But about number two, Indiana, and number six, Iowa. Already a hyped up matchup of college game day stopping by and everything. But I don't think anyone could have predicted the wild finish to this game. There's just a couple seconds left on the clock. Indiana's up. Once again, Caitlin Clark from Iowa just comes in clutch with a, a free pointer of her own to seal the deal for the Hawkeyes. So they win 86 to 85. And I've just got one thing to say about this whole thing. Caitlin Clark is her. She has become one of my favorite players in the entire NCAA. Just there was like a super cool video that came out after like the game ended. She's just like standing, like looking at the crowd, like beckoning them to cheer. And it is just like, she she is incredible like she has got such a presence on that court and just to see her make that shot as much as I do like Indiana I like Sydney Parrish like I just there's something about this Hawkeyes team that is so special so guys like what are your thoughts about that crazy finish to the game dude I love watching Iowa basketball now and I didn't think I would say that and like you mentioned this is the player of the year we're watching. I don't know who else is going to win player of the year other than Caitlin Clark. She has scored 20 or more points in 25 games this season. She's on an 81 game streak of scoring in double figures. She is absolutely incredible every time she steps out on the court. And I remember saying like a couple of all-ins ago when we were talking about the rivalry between Iowa and Iowa State. And I was saying, I don't know if one person can lead this team all the way through the season. She's doing it. And her team is fantastic behind her. Monica Cesano behind her. Um, another talented McKenna Warnock has been great. But Caitlin Clark leads this team like somebody I haven't seen in a long time. And to me, that is the definition of player of the year. Her shot was absolutely incredible. The energy that she brings is incredible. I, I just really have not seen a player like her, and I think she deserves this player of the year, and that shot from that game was just one more to a laundry list of reasons why she should be named that person. 
Yeah, she is just ridiculous this year. Like, take a look at her stats right now. She's averaging 27.2 points, 7.4 rebounds, and 8.2 assists. That is just insane to me. That's almost like a triple-double, like, stats. Like, she is just, like, so much fun to watch. And she had this really great, great, great quote after the game. She said, you know, I'm all about growing the women's game, and I'm glad I gave little girls something they can probably scream about at the top of their lungs. When I was younger, I was doing the exact same thing watching on TV. She's just such an inspirational figure in this sport and her just playing so well, being so confident. She's just a role model for girls to want to be just like her one day. And I just can't, I think she's up for player of the year. I think the only person that could probably challenge her is Alea Boston from South Carolina, but man, I, I am such a massive Caitlin Clark fan. Like I cannot talk about her enough. I absolutely agree. I mean, we we've mentioned her multiple times this year on this podcast, and there's good reason why she is one of the greatest collegiate basketball players I have at least seen in my time, especially in my time as a college student. And man, that buzzer beater was just electric the way the ball rattles in the rim before dropping in and I think what's what was the most striking about watching that video was yeah, of course, it was an amazing shot because she's phenomenal and she's an absolute freaking witch. She's like a freaking sorcerer. She's so good. I think that what was even more powerful about that for me is the way that that's a packed house. And she has said how much she loves playing in front of a packed house every night, every home game, because man, do those Iowa fans show up and they show up for her and they show up for that team because she is just that good. And they are just that good and that entertaining. And you hear the entire arena go insane. And it's just Oh, it's incredible when she makes that shot. And I mean, you know, she's been phenomenal all year. She's such a well-rounded player. And the fact that she might be sticking around Iowa for another couple of years, she might use her COVID year, is really important to that team. She loves it there. She loves the coaching staff. And I think that that's really exciting for that team that they might get two more years of Caitlin Clark. I think that definitely says a lot about Caitlin Clark and her willingness to come back to the team again, because when you look at the talent she has, she could easily jump into the WNBA like tomorrow. But the fact that she wants to stay and continue that legacy with Iowa for as long as she can, there's there's not much more I can say than other other than she is just an amazing person. And I really applaud her for whatever she does. No, I totally agree. And honestly, I may be a UConn fan, but I would love to see Clark get a national title and for Iowa to take the whole thing. Like that would just be so cool for me to see. And I was like thinking about it. Like, I was like, why not take that extra year of eligibility? You have like an amazing, amazing like group of friends that she says she plays with her best friends every day on that court. Like keep playing with them, keep staying with that coaching staff, get another year of practice before entering the WNBA. I mean, it gives her more time to prepare for the league. And I, Hey, I'll take more Caitlin Clark if I can. Like she, she's just like, Super duper exciting to watch. And I really would love to see her stay around the NCAA a little bit longer and then go up to the big leagues later. But as I just mentioned, well, I mean, it's all great news for Iowa, but I really can't say the same for my beloved UConn Huskies right now. Um, Gino Ariema is calling its players selfish, and there's just a whole lot to unpack here. So after their game against Xavier, Gino told reporters it's time that they stopped blaming injuries, stop blaming fatigue, stop blaming being tired. And this team, as it is right now, if they don't add anybody, that ain't happening. And that is the national championship. Personally, I don't think that's the greatest note to enter the Big East championships on. Like, what do you guys think about Gino's words? I was honestly really shocked to hear Gino kind of come out and say they're picking and choosing, listening how to be coached. That's being selfish. And his frustration with the team um, that 
they've been they it's been no stranger that UConn has been down with Paige Beckers, Ice Brady, Ozzy Fudd, everybody in that team who is planned to make an impact all have been out with injury or missing most of the year and the, it, it's only so much you can say and I understand his frustrations to a degree because the team's starting five um like is incredible for what they're working with but only two players have appeared in all 31 of UConn's games that's unheard of in in college basketball really you have a starting five that you're used to and they usually play and start most of the games that's not the case for UConn anymore and you know I understand like his frustration with it the team isn't necessarily like losing but it's very scary to see how they have been winning like um like against teams like Xavier who's seven and 22 on the year and they only won by 11 and they were oh and 20 in conference play so I understand his frustration where he's like okay we're not winning against teams we should win against to the degree that we're used to winning they are a premier program in college basketball everybody knows UConn women's basketball and well, in the front half of the season, they were overperforming and overachieving with everything they did. Now, as we wind down to conference play, yeah, I'd be upset if I was him if my team is just all injured, the effort isn't there, people aren't showing out. But to some degree, also, it's like, what are you going to do about the injuries? You got to have other players step up and they got to be ready to perform in cases like this. You know, there's going to be games where Paige Beckers can't play or Ice Brady can't play. And you got to be ready for that. And you got to figure out and how to navigate, how to coach better in that scenario. But on the players as well, you got to be able to be ready to step into that role and, and you know, be that kind of person. But it's it's kind of a, a like a lose-lose scenario. There is no person really at fault here except for everybody. And so it's tough to see the team go like this and to be with this kind of question mark heading into conference play, but it's the reality of what we're seeing right now. I, I agree. I think, you know, that's the reality of being an athlete and being a college athlete is you've kind of got to roll with the punches. And I mean, that could be, that's any athlete in any league, but, you know, especially in college when these people are so human, you know, these aren't just athletes who play a game and are getting these multi-million dollar contracts like you have in the NBA. You know, these are also students with lives and with jobs and with everything like that. And so to an extent, it's like, well, you've got to put that aside to step on the court, but also I know that I'm not a division one athlete, but I grew up a competitive dancer. I had some real tough coaches and, you know, ballet teachers in my life, if I can make a comparison there. And I think being called lazy or being called selfish would completely, completely demoralize me in that way and would not make me want to fight for that coach. And, you know, I know that Ariyama is such a respected coach and you know that, you know, that squad in specific is so well known and we love the Huskies. We love what they stand for. We love how powerful they are as a female team and as female athletes, but I can't help but think that, you know, that's not a great note to be leading your team in. Like, of course you're frustrated. Of course, you know, it's hard to see your squad down in the way they have. And like you said, Maddie, you know, winning these games that they should be blowouts, only winning by 11 points against a team that is zero and 20 in conference play, right? Like that is, that is ridiculous. And I can only imagine how frustrating that is. But at the same time, is the way to go about that calling your players 
selfish and saying that, you know, they don't want to listen and they don't want to be coached and that they're bad at communicating. I, I don't know if that's the best way to go about that. And I mean, we'll see. And they've, they've got to pick it up and that's work that they have to do deep inside themselves. But if I was a player, I don't know if that would be the way to motivate me the best. And maybe that's how they work and that's their locker room. And I'm not a part of that, but I mean, you know, I still think it's shocking at any point to hear a coach call their beloved staff or their beloved team selfish. And I can't think that that's going to be great for morale heading into, you know, championships, like you said. Yeah, Like I said earlier, that is just not a great note at all to enter conference play with. One can say it's tough love. It could be Gino trying to motivate his players like, hey, like, I don't believe you guys can do this. Prove me wrong. But like not having belief in your team just does way more harm. Like I've had issues with like coaches before, like where it's like, I don't feel like they believe in me and that I just can't help but look at myself in the mirror and be like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough, no matter how much I do it. And I just, I think Gino's trying to be motivating, but it's just going to demoralize that team. And like, I mean, if you look at their roster, it's a limited UConn squad, but they still have wins over some big, like they, they beat Iowa earlier this year in Duke, in Texas, in NC State, in FSU, in Tennessee, the list goes on and on and on. So even with this limited squad, they're still beating relatively good teams i mean south carolina took them down and i think those losses to marquette and st john's are also extremely concerning i could be mistaken but i'm pretty sure the st john's game was on uconn's home turf so like that's not that's not a good thing to have like at all you don't want that loss but i think gino needs to be like just i think there just needs to be a little more optimism there like positivity like yeah you might not win the national championship this year but i mean you can still build this team up potentially maybe next year once Paige is back once AZ's healed up then like keep working towards the future if this year isn't going to go the way you want it to go don't completely see it as a total failure and instead try to like pull the positives out of it in a way yeah I think it's important because going into the tournament like they have a really good shot of starting off on the right foot they play the winner of Butler, Georgetown, the eight or the nine seed. And going in for UConn, that is your best case scenario. You want to play as low as a seed as possible to really like try and start off with a strong definitive win, building up with these better teams that you're going to face in the Big East. So I think like looking at them, there is a lot of potential for them. And it's not to say that this team hasn't been good. This team has been good. And the players are good. Dorka Juhas is good. Aubrey Griffin, Edwards, Lopez Sanchal. Like, it, it's just a matter of are they going to be able to put what um, Gino said behind them going into this conference play? Because I agree. I don't think this is productive talk from your coach. I understand you're frustrated and everything, but this is – you're dealing with college athletes. And, and, like, not to get too depressing, but we've seen, like – how awful certain college athletes' mental health has been with the Stanford University soccer player um, unfortunately committing suicide and how everything comes into play with that. And and I think it's just very fragile to be saying, you know, what he said, you know, it's all right to be critical and to say, hey, our team had a bad loss. I'm not happy with the way we played versus we're selfish you're selfish you don't care about what you want to do and that's hurtful and it can be hurtful for your team if you really don't think about that and put into perspective the mental and physical drain that college sports puts on you at the end of the day yeah and like 
what kind of bums me out about that whole thing, like he said that to reporters after the, the Xavier game, and I'm pretty sure that was their senior night. So imagine being the seniors on that team and then hearing your coach saying that after you win, they won. I mean, it was ugly, but they they beat Xavier. So I just, I, I don't see the benefit personally. I mean, other people might, I don't. I think they, they have a lot to figure out over at UConn, but right now it's just really not working for Gina. I, I agree. And I mean, you know, like you said, Maddie, it is, these aren't just people who, you know, their entire life and their entire job is to, you know, go and just play this game and then go home. Like these are students with relationships and lives and stress and families and scholarships they need to uphold and grades they need to uphold and things like that. And being too harsh on these kids, we've seen what it can do. And it's, it's hard. And yeah, like this is what you were brought there to do, but like there's, there's this whole campaign going around with this more than just shut up and dribble. And I know that that's something different, but like that slogan here, you can't just expect these students to play. And yeah, I mean, right after your senior night, when you win being told these horrible things to the press by your coach is, is detrimental. And I can't imagine how much that is also messing with team chemistry in the locker room as well. So hopefully things are on the up from here, but I mean, this, we, we can't, take these comments lightly because, you know, these are people with feelings and not having the support from the people who are supposed to support you the most can be so harmful. Yeah, I fully agree, but we're going to move on. I really hope UConn figures it out, but to end this segment on a bit of a lighter note, I have one last note on the NCAA and it's conference play. It started up yesterday and it's already been madness. Well, there was a full-blown fight during the Florida-Kentucky game and people were equating it to dodgeball. It was, I watched the video, it was kind of crazy. And then Wake Forest overcame a 20-point deficit to knock FSU out of the ACC tournament. Also, in just insanity so far, to say the least. Guys, what are your hopes for, like, the rest of this con- – like, what do you guys want to see from conference play in the next few weeks? I'm just really excited to watch some conference play because, you know, I really love, you know, my home conference, the ACC, and seeing all of the talented teams there – um, there's a couple great games happening today against North Carolina and Clemson. NC State just killed Syracuse today, like in their game. And I love the NC State women's team. I think they're phenomenal. I think they're really underrated for such a good team that they are. People still don't talk about them the same way they talk about um like South Carolina or or Yukon when they have just as good as a roster. Um, and so I'm very excited to continue watching them and just watch some good games. Like the women's games are fun and interesting. And like the passion is there from these athletes. Like they, they really care about their sport and I wish more people would care about it and treat it the same way they treat the men's March madness, because these games are interesting. They're, they're developments, there's upsets, there's storylines to follow. The Maryland team has been good with diamond Miller and, and watching, you know, NC State, watching South Carolina, all of these great teams, there's so much to unpack with the women's. And I, I just hope that people tune in and people give it a watch this time. I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, March Madness, obviously, for the men gets gets a lot of love. And of course, it's fun every year. And I'm going to make a bracket and we all make brackets and we all do the whole, you know, watching with our friends and everything. And funny enough, have to mention that that's actually what brought the, this little trio together is, as friends initially, which I think is really fun when I think back to last year's March Madness in our uh, group that we had to do for an assignment for the radio station. And we were so focused on the uh, the peacocks, the the peacocks and Doug Eaters. 
that uh, that really brought us all together. Um, and I think that that's really fun. And like, that's the power of what this time of year has to do. But also these women's teams deserve so much love. I'm really excited to yeah see those upsets, see these amazing runs that these teams go on and really see our Fordham Rams shine. Like I know I sound like such a homer right now, but they start conference play on Friday. They've got the double bye. I'm so excited to see how they do and see our amazing friends on the broadcast for those games. And I'm just thrilled. I love college basketball. I love women's college basketball. And I can't wait to see how the rest of the month continues. Yeah, uh, looking back on my bracket last year, um, for some reason I had Texas Tech going all the way because I kept telling everyone defense wins games. They didn't even make it out of the Sweet 16. So I'm looking forward to um, redeeming my bracket. I'm really looking forward to getting my women's bracket right this year. I had UConn winning the whole thing. I don't know if that's going to happen again this year, but I mean, who knows? But I think for conference play, what I am looking forward to the most, and if this happens, I will be so psyched. I want another showdown between South Carolina and LSU. I want a rematch. I want LSU coming back for blood because I am so high on the Angel Reese train. I adore her. I, I've really been like listening to Flaje's like rap like re- like often. Like she's so so good. So I can't help but love LSU and South Carolina. Like like that is their one loss this year. And I know like Angel Reese is out. She's going to be out for blood. So if these two teams can kind of show down in the SEC tournament that I would like, if it comes down to the line with these two, I think that would make for some really good TV. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it'll be really fun to watch and there's a lot to see with them and it'll be great to finally tune in and hopefully get my bracket right because my bracket never comes out right either. My bracket's constantly a mess, so I don't I don't really think that this year is going to be any different for me because I'm just god-awful at it. But, you know, there's hope. Maybe I'll just get lucky. We'll see. Sam, maybe it's your year. It might be your year this time. Maybe it's my year. You know what? Maybe it's my year. You know, I entered in a little betting situation for the Super Bowl, and look, I must say, I did really well. So maybe it's my year this time because it's never my year. Maybe this year's my year. Maybe I'll it's get your, lucky. It's your underdog story, Sam. It's your you're you're St. Peter's this year. I am St. Peter's this year. I am Doug Eater. I am a peacock. I am Doug Eater, and that is that is that on that. I am a peacock, caca or whatever noise. They, I don't know what noise they make. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but caca peacock, yay. Well, I hope that all of our brackets end up a little better this year. Every year, I'm like, maybe someone will make a perfect bracket, and it never happens, but. Anyway, we're going to wrap up our basketball talk and just one more thing I want to talk about before we end today's show. Well, it may be March Madness, but it's also Women's History Month. So here on All In, we want to showcase how important it is to recognize women's presence within the world of sports, whether you're a broadcaster or an athlete. And I feel like it's just so important to like make women feel like seen in the industry. And I think this month really has like a great chance to do that. So like, guys, what are your thoughts on like Women's History Month and why it is so important for people like us? I think Women's History Month is one of the most important months, personally, not saying that as a woman, I'm saying that just as a person. I think women have come so far in sports and in in everything and every facet of life because they've had to overcome so much. And, you know, for at, here at Fordham, Having a new woman president this year has been incredible to see like, you know, somebody like me represented in the community even more and to see what women are capable of and to see what women can do to see how amazing the Fordham women's basketball team has been, how amazing like all of women's sports have been. And 
you know, with the Women's World Cup this year, I'm just so excited to see like more exciting sports for women and looking at like some of the numbers on just how women have grown across the years. Like there's just been increase after increase of student athletes be that are women coming into play, um, presidents, directors of athletics, like it's crazy to see. And now it's just great to see women recognized in this. And so I'm super excited to continue talking about women more this month. Um, hopefully we'll be able to do more big form talking about women potentially maybe but i would love to just continue this and just celebrate the strides women have made and and just let people know like hey it's not over yet there's still so much more that we can accomplish and do and it's just takes some time but it's so worth it at the end of the day because women accomplish like 10 times the more more things than i could ever have dreamed of like when i like was a kid I absolutely agree. You know, I think I think back to when I was younger and when I would watch hockey or when I would watch anything with my dad. And, you know, of course, like there's there's Aaron Andrews. There's those people where you look at and you're like, oh, that's a woman in sports. But now I have so many women in sports that I can look up to. And I think that this month is so important, like you said, Maddie, not just as a woman, but also as a person, because there's so much that still needs to be done and so much that needs to be advocated for. And especially as a fan of women's sports and especially as a woman in sports, you know, there have been, there's been so much growth in terms of, you know, viewership of these national games and international games and tournaments and NIL deals and women becoming superstars online due to their presence that then get recognized. Like you think of like Sunisa Lee, you've Livy Dunn, you have those people who are getting recognized as gymnasts. You have everyone being recognized. And I think it's just all the more important. And I, I can't wait to see how things continue to to grow for women in the world of sports throughout Women's History Month. And like Maddie said, hopefully we'll be able to do a little all-woman show later in the month, um, you know, with God willing and circumstances providing, um, to do a little long-form long form talking about women's sports and uh, the world of sports generally. But I, I can't wait to see how things continue, especially on um, this year, the 50th anniversary year of Title IX. Um, which is so incredibly important. So I'm so happy to be here with you two and be able to talk about women's sports and here's to even more growth in the future. Yeah. And um, honestly, speaking from like the athlete's perspective, it always honestly like means the world when people like kind of like, like basically say just paying attention to us, like seeing how much work we really put in and just recognize for that greatness. And I see more and more people like every year, like I feel like people are just getting more invested with the WNBA. You see, like we were talking earlier, like Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, like stars like that and NCAA women's basketball, they're bringing people in. People are more invested in this. And I want to see more people coming out to these games. I want more people to be like recognizing like, yeah, we're really good too. You guys like come and check us out. And I think like just like paying attention to women and like looking at like the women that came before us, like the pioneers of the sport. And like it just I feel like it's a, such an important time to just recognize the greatness that is women's sports. I completely agree. I think there's just so much to watch and see and like and with everything going on, like now in big news, like women are like getting more and more coverage like the men um seeing like Fordham get on Good Morning America Sports Center that would never happen like 20 years ago women's sports didn't matter 20 years ago um it was like a hobby it was like a club it was like a, a passion for people but it wasn't an actual thing people took seriously and so seeing things like that 
has been honestly like eye-opening to see like as a fan myself on tv when i go to these games but to see these athletes be so recognized for what they did and to have people who talk about you know the biggest names in sports talk about my sport or women's sports that way that's crazy and it's so like it warms my heart to see and i only hope it continues to become the norm which is something that we have to continue battling for but it's been great to see nonetheless and it was great to see fordham get their attention like that as well i i absolutely agree and you know there there's so many women across so many sports we're finally getting their their due diligence you know brianna decker who is a, a well-known female uh hockey player for usa hockey she retired uh, or announced her retirement today and she has been such a pinnacle in the world of hockey but there are women coming up behind her who are getting recognized that that deserve it you know with with you know like Abby Newhook and, and JT Comfer's sister, you know, like there's so many, so many lovely women who deserve this recognition. And, and it is amazing. And hopefully it will start to become the norm that, you know, these championships are just as televised, just as viewed as the men's are. And like, obviously I think it'll take a long time to get there, but any, any progress is progress at this point. So can't be satisfied with it, but I'm, I'm thankful that there is some sort of recognition happening and, you know, it's, it's, amazing that we're seeing more being pushed and you think back to you know the 1970s when women weren't even allowed in locker rooms after games they quite literally weren't allowed in the rooms where these things were happening and and you know being allowed to cover sports and and these female athletes were not given anything and you still see that today but but it's better and slowly but surely it's getting better and like we can't be satisfied with it but onward and upward yes yeah, sam the kind of jump on that to finish like wrapping up the show like those women back in the 70s, like those pioneers, they worked so hard and it gives us the chance today to have a podcast just like this, a podcast dedicated to women's sports. We wouldn't have been able to do this like years and years ago, but now we can because of the, because these women just work so hard and tirelessly to get, fight for their place in the industry. And it's just so incredibly inspiring to see how far everything has come. But, you know, that's going to do it for us today here on All In. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you all next time. For Maddie Vivante and Sam Board, this is Taylor Maceta signing off. All In is a production of WFUV Sports.